Welcome to Sunny in Seattle with your host, Sunny Joy. And coming up on today's show, Sunny welcomes counselor, speaker, and author, Kim Stanwood Terranova. And the two of them will be chatting about her newest book, The Technology of Intention. So join them as they learn how to create and use an intention practice to tap into the power of the universe within you and create the most fulfilling, meaningful life possible. And now I welcome your host for the day, Sunny Joy. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to Sunny in Seattle. I'm your host, Sunny Joy McMillan. We're here every Friday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. KKNW in Seattle and 103.3 KPCA in Petaluma, bringing you amazing guests and resources that will help you create a life filled with joy, peace, freedom, and purpose. It is radio that positively shines. And if you can't catch the show live, you can always access those show archives. Those are found at 1150kknw.com or you can always find the show on iTunes and Podcast One. Um, find out more about me through my website, which is goldenoversoul.com. That's goldenoversoul.com. Um, and I'll just mention a couple of quick little housekeeping things. Um, the Soul Digger Book Club is still going. We're going into our fourth week with Victor Frankel's Man's Search for Meaning um, tomorrow. We've been meeting on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. Um, and usually this was something that was going to be more a part of the Soul Digger community, but I've been offering this now during um, the whole coronavirus, you know, staying at home, um, doing this as a free offering for anyone who wants to join. So if this is of interest to you, you can find out more and join us, register by going to my website, goldenoversoul.com, and that's under the events page. And uh, just a little teaser, our next book that we're going to be shifting to um, will be Glennon Doyle Melton's Untamed. It's very timely. I've had so many clients and uh, friends, everyone seems to be talking about this. I can't put it down. So we're going to go there next. So big switch from Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning to Untamed. Um, so if any of those are of interest to you, you want to dive deep with us, then feel free to join us. And then the other thing that I'll mention is um, I'm still doing Shut Up and Soul sessions um, on Tuesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific and Thursdays at 12 p.m. Pacific. I think some people are kind of filtering back to work and leaving the house a little more, but while schedules are still pretty flexible and while we still need a little extra support and um, perhaps more of a a container for your spiritual practice that is a little bit connected to other people since a lot of us have been um, somewhat isolated or very isolated for the past couple of months. And so what we do there is we come together on Zoom. Um, I do a little meditation and inspirational reading, share a little something um, that's been helpful for me. And then we go on mute for the duration of the hour and we each do our practice. Some people go out in nature. Um, some people are journaling, some people are reading. So if you just want a little connection in your practice, um, then come join us. And again, you can register for that uh, by looking on my website at the events page, that's goldenoversoul.com um, under events. So uh, that's all the housekeeping I've got. Benny, how are things uh, with you these days? Peachy keen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how's the technical okay. work today? Today. <laughs> yeah. I guess. I mean, I don't know if much has changed up there at Hubbard Radio. I don't know. I'm always curious what's happening. Sonoma County. We are still um, our our Sonoma County order, and I think this goes for many of the places in the Bay Area, mm -hmm. uh, is more stringent than the statewide order, and it's going to be in place uh, indefinitely until we are notified it's rescinded. So things are still 
you know, a little bit more locked down yeah. here than perhaps in other places. Mm-hmm. I don't know how things are looking up in Washington. Uh, we're pretty strict as well, too. You know, we started into our first phase, so to speak, um, and they're extended out for another month. Uh, it was supposed to be lifted on May 4th, but, you know, uh, I think yeah. we're obviously still doing our thing. So we're going to push yeah. it out to this month. And I think for every three weeks after that, they roll out a new uh, you know, phase two, three, and four, and so mm-hmm. forth like that. So, yeah, it's still kind of like par for the course, you know. They, I have yeah. noticed uh, they did open many golf courses around the area yeah. on a limit. It's a two-person uh, limit, and, of course, you know, social distancing within, as well as only two at a time on the course, like per, mm. or maybe two at a time. Um, like, you know, you tee off, you go to the middle, then the other two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That way. You can't have any more than four, or any more than two, not even fours. Yeah. And individual well, carts and so forth. like. But it's getting people out there and they're enjoying yeah. the sunshine. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, I'm glad to hear you're doing well. And yeah. we'll just continue checking in my yeah. little weekly check-in with uh, Washington through Benny. At the studio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, well, so as we are still coming out of, well, and who knows, maybe this will be, maybe it will kind of be some fits and spurts and some ups and downs as we figure out what the new normal is going to look like. Um, And so one of the things, it's really funny how serendipitous my guests end up being, I think, for the show. Um, Sometimes they're planned out six months in advance or more. And yet when the date arrives, it's perfectly timed for whatever reason. Or sometimes it's a little more last minute and it just happens to be the slot was made for this person. And so I have to say, um, I have been pondering, I think we talked about it on first Friday, Alessandra and I did, about some guiding principles that we may be using to navigate this time because trying to be really strict and rigid about it can create a lot of stress and anxiety um, and perhaps a little bit more of an attitude of trusting the universe going with the flow could be of benefit. At least that is what I have found in my own experience. So I share that with others in the event that it might be helpful. So as it turns out, the wonderful woman who I'll be interviewing here today um, has a beautiful book that to me embodies the principles of trusting the universe activating the power that, you know, resides within us as a divine spark of the universe and gives us some guidance on how to create an intention practice um, that I think is so perfect for where we are right now. So without further ado, let me just read her bio and then we'll bring her on so we can talk more about the, the specifics of this. So Kim Stanwood Terranova is the author of the book, the Technology of Intention, which is what we'll be talking about here today. She holds a degree in spiritual studies and is a licensed practitioner through the Agape International Spiritual Center in LA. Uh, For the past 25 years, she has worked as a counselor, a coach, a speaker, as a lead teacher at Rhythmia Life Advancement Center in Costa Rica. She's the spiritual director of the Summit Treatment Center in Malibu, California, and she's also a course creator and teacher for Agape University. She holds a lot of roles out there. She is out and about doing wonderful work in a variety of places. To find out more about her, you can go to her website, which is Kim Stanwood Terranova. And Terranova is spelled T-E-R-R-A-N-O-V-A. So Kim Stanwood Terranova. Kim, welcome to Sunny in Seattle. Good morning. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I have to tell you, it's funny. um, Not only do I feel like your book is timely, but I just want to give a little preface to this or some background because 
as I have been for the past several years now, you've been doing this kind of work and it sounds like you've been on the spiritual path for, you know, 25 plus years. Mm-hmm. I am fairly new to this. Um, my little uh, catalyst for awakening and the desire to really embark on a spiritual journey and reconnect with uh, God or the universe in a way that I was not familiar with from a previous chapter in my life. So I, this has only been six or seven years. So it's been like a crash course um, in a variety of ways and learning about the law of attraction for the first time and dipping my toe into the world of manifesting and what, you know, some of the teachings around that. And so as I started going down that road, and then also was really attracted, for example, to the teachings of Tosha Silver, who is all about offering and really having a gentle grasp on, um, you know, really offering everything to divine, letting the divine take the lead. And so there was some middle ground in there where I have been curious, and these questions have been percolating for me, does it benefit us to be so super specific in our goals and our visioning about what exactly should be happening in our lives? Um, because yes, I believe we have the power to manifest and create that, but is there, does that then limit the possibilities for the universe to come in and have an even greater plan or something that would be more fulfilling, more purposeful, more satisfying to our soul? And by being too specific in our intentions or in our uh, manifest manifesting, then we limit the possibility. But then also, how do we tap into this great power that lies within us? This has been, I've been talking about this question now for at least a couple of years. Your book landed in my lap. It was not at all what I expected. It was like, I was thinking it was going to be more about, well, just from the title. And I thought, oh, well, there'll be something about technology. There'll be some things about intention. But Kim, your book basically is like, for me, the Goldilocks of manifesting. It's like just right for my questions. <laughs> oh, you just lifted my heart. The Goldilocks of manifestation. I love that. So wow, I'm going to just fly high from that. You know, what's beautiful is that you said these questions have been percolating inside of you for a mm-hmm. few years. And that's the power right there of asking empowering questions. You know, the universe is always answering our questions if we put them out onto the platform, the altar of consciousness and say, this is, I'm curious about this. What's possible here? What does this mean? The answer always comes, which is why I love empowering questions because they clarify and knowing that you want to know more, the answers came at the perfect time for you. So thank you for asking them because it's the subject matter that I love and and absolutely thrive on so your first question of it how specific are we to be right yeah so the the beautiful part about intention is first there's a slight difference between intention and goal Mm -hmm. and and the 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 importance of that is the beauty of both goals are much more aimed at a specific very specific outcome Mm-hmm. And typically, we either know we can achieve it, we have to stretch ourselves, or we know somebody else has achieved it. So yes. we, we still have a name. But intentions, the difference is intentions are specific, but what we call in the spiritual world, they're open at the top. So we can point in a direction, but they're not just based on outcome. So the difference will be in an intention, I'm allowing spirit to infuse my outcome with more magic and mystery than I could have seen with my own inner eye. Something that I haven't seen yet, but I know it's pointed in this direction, whether it's success in business, whether it's divine partnership, 
I'm still aiming in a direction like a goal, but I'm not saying where, when, or how. Yes. And do you mind since we're now we're just diving right in because that's sure. one of the biggest distinctions that I loved in the book is the difference between an intention and a goal. So mm -hmm. I, I there's an example that I talk about from my life, which is kind of this is in, in letting this question percolate. How specific do we need to be? How can we still access our power and yet leave room for the universe, our yes. own soul to work its magic and bring in things that we didn't even think were possible. Okay, so in trying to answer that question, one of the examples I pointed to in my life, I'd love to share and then have maybe you share some examples of a goal versus uh, an intention so that people really sure. know what it looks like. So in my life, um, listeners of the show know that um, I, before, in a previous chapter of my life, I was married and I was an attorney and I had set, without really having a language around manifesting or the law of attraction, I had a very, very specific list of what my future husband should look like. And I mean, it was very detailed and I met and married that man. And, yes. and it, we, um, of course, ended up divorcing. We had a beautiful post-divorce friendship, but anyway, it was not... I got everything I asked for and then kind of looked around and went, oh, this is not fulfilling to my soul. This doesn't feel right, but this is what my human wanted. And well, I, there it is. So then when I turned toward this next chapter in my life, the only thing and I get what it would have been if I'd had your book, it would be, I intend for peace in my work, in my love, in my life. Like I just mm -hmm. intend for peace to be manifest everywhere. Mm -hmm. And what happened when I got super general, but pointed in the direction of peace is the partner I've been with now for um, over seven years, who is the greatest love of my life has been like all I asked for was peace and it was everything the universe knew that I needed but that my human didn't even know I wanted or what was possible so that's the example that I used and now having your book I'm like yes this, this <laughs> articulates exactly how that happened um, so do you mind sharing some examples about the difference between a goal and an intention Absolutely. And thank you for sharing that with me, because the, the beauty of the, what you just shared, Sunny, is that the universe was always listening. So how sweet is it on the other side to know, wow, I got exactly what I asked for. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why we have that saying, you know, be aware of what you ask for, because there's, you're going to get it. And when, when people, when we all really catch, wow, I get to be so alert to where my attention is, because wherever our attention is, is where the universe goes rushing to. So if our attention is, this is the list of that mate, of course, that's exactly what you got. And the beauty is your clarity came from, oh, I really wanted, and I love how you said it was peace. You really wanted the quality of peace, which yeah. brought about the mate that, that you were having clearly a peaceful, wonderful relationship with. Yes. So that leads back to that the intentions are always based in qualities. It's one of the pillars of writing clear, powerful intentions is we base them on a quality, not a specific outcome. Now, the, the, the journey is lots of people think, but Kim, I want that certain outcome. I want right. that job, right? So the joy is that we could point towards a specific. We cannot hold on to it. Otherwise, we're not giving room for spirit to come in and bring us exactly more than we even knew was possible. So that is where we leave it open at the top, where again, the goal would be, this is the specific and I want this versus an intention is, it could say it's a, a job we're aiming at. 
the intention would be I'd ask somebody, what do you, what, tell me what the feeling is. What are the qualities you want to experience? If they say financial freedom, joy, freedom of creativity, of a beautiful connection with everyone I work with, then the intention would be my intention is to call forth the most divine place for me to be of service where I could deliver my gifts with ease, connect with those of like-minded souls and call forth unlimited financial abundance in this place. And if they know it's a specific company, they could say in this company or something more. It always has to have that Mm -hmm. something more. So then there's specific, I can never say that word. Specificity, Specificity, yes. There you go. (laughs) But there's also a let go. And if you've noticed in the book, there's a lot about the power of let go. Yeah. Because when you pointed to, so you were aiming for peace, you didn't say how you were going to have peace. You, you let go. Your intention was, ah, oh, my intent is for peace. And yes. you got it. So in that let go is different than it would be in a goal. And I'm happy to give you a specific on that as well. Were you going to ask me something there, Sunny? Oh, yeah, no, no. I Please keep going and I've, I'll save my questions. So... Um, uh, my specific in that that really taught me something um, clear, and, and I'm so grateful I caught it at a young age, which is I was um, an actress aiming to come from San Francisco to Los Angeles. And I just started using these principles. And I pointed and said, you know what? I don't want to go to Los Angeles until I get into the to SAG because I'll need it when I get there. So I wrote an intention that said my intention is to book a national commercial to get my SAG card. So what is SAG card for people who don't know? It's the union. It's the actors union in Los Angeles that you, if you want to be working in Los Angeles, you need that card. Okay. So, so I specifically put that in the intention. My intention is to book a national commercial to get my SAG card to move to LA. Within three months, booked a national commercial. It was and out of the blue. It was brilliant. It packed my bags, headed to Los Angeles thinking, oh my gosh, this works. And as I get way down, I get a call from my agent that says, I'm so sorry to tell you this, but you hit the editing floor. You're not in the final cut. So all those residuals that you were going to get will not be happening when you move to LA, but you got your SAG card. So when I got it, so at first I was devastated. And then when I started to recover and realize as you have with your intention, I thought I got exactly what I wanted. I didn't say I would like to have financial abundance and freedom when I get there. I said, I just want this card to get me there. Yes. So that was fulfilled, meaning if that is a goal to get my SAG card, that's my goal. The difference is I didn't leave it open to what else do I do? What else is the quality of freedom, joy, success in my career? And I was so grateful that I caught it soon because that was part of the foundation of those pillars of writing clear intentions. It's got to be based in qualities of what you are desiring and to leave room for spirit. So you could be specific, but let go. Yes. And so, okay. So I'm going to play devil's advocate a bit here because this is where I really have these, this is like the fine tuning of this question or these questions that I've had. So what if I've got actually two follow-up questions. What if it wasn't like, what if the SAG card, because you rewrote the intention in the book, and I love this was actually exactly where I was going to ask you was about okay. this particular story. But you'd said if you rewrote your intention, it would be something along the lines of get the SAG card with all of the financial abundance that comes with it, um, or something to that effect. Sorry, I don't want to. That's all right. Yeah. Go ahead. 
Yeah. So what if, what if the SAG card was not in your best interest? Like what if there was something even bigger or different that was supposed to happen? Like how do you know to be specific about the SAG card? Okay. So again, that was at the very beginning of my yes. studies of this. So okay. I was aiming for a result and I didn't really know. I was truly aiming for that result. Uh-huh. Now, now in this point in my life, I would, I would say it would be much more open. So yes. in, it, I would leave much more room for spirit at this point. And then if I could have even opened it up to, cause I really wanted that card. Yeah. My intention is to, you know, to really book something to get this sad card or something better that uh-huh. will lift my career, bring me joy and allow me to move with ease and financial support to Los Angeles to fulfill my dreams. It would yes. have had added pieces to it. Lots of times if, if someone says to me, and I just touched on this a minute ago, like, but it has to be that, then I'll ask them, I, cause we have to hear our, if our heart is saying, but I really want that. We can say, okay, I hear that end just don't put a butt in there it's an end can i also let it go that if there's something i haven't seen yet that is for my highest good that i'm willing to catch it now what happens there sunny yes is then we just click into we get to master deep listening because our one part of us our head could be saying i know it's there i know it's there but really if we go under and under and say but what is the quality you believe that item is going to give you yes yes that's what we're aiming for is the the qualities of life the tenderness of life and at times in our human existence we put it on a thing a person a car a house a dollar amount when when we really find wait what do i feel when i embodying that then i if i want to be more interested in that because spirit is absolutely resonating with the feeling tone the vibration that brings me joy yes and that's and it's funny because several years ago i would have said something along the lines of you know for my coaching practices it was getting mm-hmm. off the ground you know i want 20 new clients this month or something to that effect. And mm-hmm. that intent or, or prayer has shifted over the past few years to now. All I ask for is I wish to have a vocation that brings me peace, joy, freedom, purpose, and prosperity. Uh, and I have no idea what that's, but Kim, it's really scary because yes. <laughs> what, you're right. It is scary. And <laughs> Does it make your heart sing? Does that intention make your heart sing? Absolutely, it does. Yes, exactly. And it can still be scary. So then right there in that bridge from making my heart sing, but it's scary, the bridge is, so what is my practice that supports my stability to stay centered even when it's scary? Because that's what I'm aiming for is to live in that miraculous, because that's where it's going to land. Yes. And that is such a good point because that's exactly it. It's the, you talk so much about this in the book and I love, let me just pull this quote real quick. Mm -hmm. Oh, where it is. I've got it highlighted. Just give me a moment. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Okay. It is imperative to stand in willingness and trust. If you wish the highest good to be revealed in your life, 
Mm -hmm. uh, you write that you had to be willing to trust even when you did not see any evidence of solutions in the circumstances before me. Yes, it may feel like you are walking a tightrope, but this is your growing edge. The tightrope is being held by the universe. So keep walking. I, I loved that quote. And it, this begs the question because for so many people, like this is a grand experiment in my life, Kim, I don't know how I trust that it's going to turn out in the highest and best good, whatever that looks like. But for other people, when I'm trying to convey this, a lot of them are like, wait a minute, what am I letting go and trusting? Like what, what? <laughs> so how do you answer that question? Like, what are they letting go into? Beautiful. Uh, so that would be a wonderful conversation for me to have with individual of so what do you trust and then when I'm first starting to work with people it's the first one of the very first questions share with me what do you practice and what do you trust some I do have individuals say I don't I don't believe in God but I believe there's a force and energy and it's love and I'm like great so let's let's start there yes what does that feel like and where do you feel it in your body and what do you trust in yourself do you trust you're going to wake up do you trust that you could, you know, walk on the earth and, and really be attentive to your thoughts? And do you trust your heart's going to keep beating? What do you trust? Because when we really look at what do I trust, whether someone names it spirit, the universal force, the higher power, most mm -hmm. people have something that they could lean into and go, it's this, but I don't really know much about it, but I know something's there. Well, that's the place that we begin to cultivate when trust and faith is a muscle that we build. We don't always just know, oh yeah, I trust everything. It's we get to build that muscle. And in this life where there are disappointments at times and hurts, that again comes back to our commitment to stay in self-care, which I believe is our spiritual practice that gives us the faith and the foundation to know I can start to trust in myself because my self-care is so important. I'm gonna build a foundation to trust me so that my connection, whether it's to source, spirit, the universe, whatever I name it, is tangible. And then I'd start these practices, you're naming practices that you saw where, wow, something's listening. So right there, you're building trust, right? Right. And then the let go, it's the let go is, can we let go of anything that limits us to be open for the miraculous to land? which is spirit, universe, again, whatever one name, anyone names that, to come in and assist us. There is, it has been proven in science, it's been proven everywhere these days that there's some energetic field, that we're energetic beings, and we are vibrating with this field of energy. And if we work with it, and that is the place of surrender to me, then we're open and available for unlimited potentiality to land. Yes. It, the practice builds all that. That's why I always come back to what's our practice because the practice builds faith and trust. The practice helps us surrender more deeply. If we don't have a practice, it does feel like, I don't know what I'm letting go to. But if you have a practice, you know what you're letting go to. Yeah, that is such a brilliant answer, Kim. And it really, I am living proof of this um, because I noticed that when my practice suffers, let's just say I, I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago, like I had an experience during staying at home where I wasn't doing my regular um, movement routine, you know, mm -hmm. like running in the hills or uh, you know, some type of a movement practice that just keeps the energy flowing. And I wasn't eating the kind of nutrition that I know supports my body. So I was feeling sluggish. My sleep was off. I had more alcohol than I normally do. And mm -hmm. it was like, I, all of a sudden that trust, it feels like I'm walking in the dark without mm -hmm. even the little bit of light ahead of me to light the path about where to go. And so I, yeah, you really bring that point home in your book about the practice. 
And I think it is such a vital point. Um, it, I've experienced it and um, yeah, that's such a good answer to that question. <laughs> I love practice. And it was one of my very, you know, I, I was very blessed that it have at the very beginning of my studies at Agape, that my practitioner would ask me that every time I'd go in and complain that my life wasn't working, she would look at me and say, so Kimberly, what have, what have you been practicing? Did you meditate this week? Have you done your, and if I'd look at her and go, I haven't had time. Didn't you hear everything that's happening in my life? And, then, and when I finally burst into laughter and looked at her and said, you are going to keep asking me that question until I shift and start to practice. And now she just the other day, she hugged me, she had tears in her eyes. And she said, you've had your boots in the ground for a lot of years and your practice is, is strong. And that's that it's it. I love my practice. If, and, and you're right on track, Sunny, if we get off it for a minute, how fast can we gently love ourselves and get back on? That's all. It's not even to, you know, it's not to be hard on us. Lots of people, my clients I'm finding in this time at home will say, oh, yeah, I got off my practice. Okay, that's all right. But at least you notice and let's just take a breath and begin again without any judgment. Just take a breath and whew, let me go do my reading and journaling and movement right now. Yeah, if anything, to me, that experience of dipping in and out really hammers home or just really solidifies my experiential knowing or belief mm -hmm. that that um, we have the power to really affect our connection to our yes. own soul, our own energy and all that is. And we have the power to decide, like, do you want to, that contrast just really of how good it feels to be in it and how bad it feels to be out of it. We yes. have the power to, to make that decision every day. That is something that is within our control of all yes, of the things absolutely. out there that are not. <laughs> I agree with you. Yes. And I love the way you just said that we absolutely have the power. Yeah. Well, I, I can't believe we're already uh, at 9.33 here by my clock. So Benny, why don't we um, take our break if this feels like a good time? And then Kim, when we come back, um, I wanted that we really dove right into the content of the book. I want to back up a little bit and talk okay. about your your journey uh, with Agape, Michael, mm -hmm. uh, Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith, who wrote a beautiful foreword for the book. Mm -hmm. um, you're a teacher for their university, a speaker on their stage. I'm really curious about all of that. So um, you sure. are listening out there uh, to Sunny in Seattle. I'm I'm your host, Sunny Joy McMillan. I am joined today by Kim Stanwood Terranova. Um, this beautiful book we're talking about is called The Technology of Intention. And we will be back in just a few to continue our conversation. Hey, Sunny in Seattle, friends. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that the greatest gifts and synchronicities of my life happened when I started listening to the voice of my soul and let it take the lead. But in a crazy culture and a chaotic world, it can often be difficult to hear that soul voice. And we forget just how powerful that spiritual being inside you really is. Which is why I created Soul Digger, a membership community for women and those who identify as women who want to live a soul-driven life. We meet virtually to learn, connect, share, grow, and inspire one another on our spiritual journey. Find out more at my website, goldenoversoul.com. That's goldenoversoul.com. And click on the tab that says, Work With Me. So come get shamelessly spiritual with us in the Soul Digger community, where we mine the true gold that comes from your soul.
I'm Dr. Anthony Lazowitz, and this is Climate Connections. Droughts, wildfires, and heavy rains threaten farms. So farmers and ranchers are speaking up and letting policymakers know they support climate action. More than 2,000 farmers have signed a letter expressing their concern about increasingly extreme weather and calling for investments in agricultural solutions. Michael Happ of the National Sustainable Agriculture Coalition says his group will deliver the letter to Capitol Hill. It's going to show that, hey, there are a whole lot of farmers whose lives are affected by climate change, that the increased frequency and ferocity of these disasters is not good for a sustainable operation, sustainable in any sense of the word. In the letter, the farmers commit to helping tackle the issue, for example, by producing renewable energy, using conservation practices, and increasing the carbon in their soil. Some farmers are already taking action. We're really excited by all the things people are doing on soil health. People are using cover crops, they're reducing their tillage, they're doing really, really advanced grazing management with climate in mind. But for these strategies to be widely adopted, farmers say they need support. So the letter calls for policies that help advance agricultural solutions to climate change. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org. Sunny in Seattle, radio that positively shines. This message is from the National Council on Aging. Adults over age 60 are at higher risk for the COVID-19 coronavirus because they may have weaker immune systems or chronic health conditions. The Centers for Disease Control recommends older adults avoid crowds and people who are sick. Wash your hands and disinfect surfaces often. Keep a two-week supply of food and medicine on hand. Learn more at ncoa.org. You found us. Maybe you've been guided to listen. Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to Sunny in Seattle. Um, I'm your host, Sunny Joy. Benny, I have to ask, was that Reverend Beckwith? You yes. know it is from Transcendence. <laughs> I figured awesome. I'd come back with that since you let it out. Benny, you made break, me so. smile. Oh, <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, My I pleasure. Yes. Well, so Kim, you know, that's what we kind of went into the break. Um, I would like to really back up a little bit because as we were talking about during the break and as you describe in your book, you have lived through some challenges, um, not the least of which was losing everything in the 2018 Malibu fires, um, mm -hmm. everything, your home, your retreat center, you barely got out with your life and your dogs. Mm -hmm. um, so you, that among multiple other uh, challenges that you face, so you really have been living it to give it. Um, and it feels like also that the Agape Spiritual Center in LA has been a huge part of that. Um, I, I lived in West Hollywood for uh, four or five years and was always very curious about Agape, never visited while I was there. And now I'm very disappointed that I didn't make more use of that. But why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey and your connection to Agape? Lovely. Thank you. Um, Agape is my spiritual home and I'm eternally grateful that spirit led me there because when I did move to Los Angeles, I'd already been studying in Oakland, California. And when I moved to LA, I was really I had an intention of, okay, where's the spiritual home and that I shall study at and keep growing. And I went and sat in a few different places. And when I found Agape, they, um, it was just being formed. So there wasn't a a building yet agape <laughs> had been around for years so reverend michael was um, renting a place 
a ballroom at the Fairmont in Santa Monica. Uh And so on, and he cracks up when he tells this story, but I would pull, I rode motorcycles. So I would pull up on my Harley, park it on Wilshire, walk downstairs and I'm covered head to toe in leather. And he'd always be standing by the front door because in those days there's less than a hundred people in the room. He would greet us. And I'd be like, good morning. And I would have, and then he'd look and be like, oh my gosh, she's doing this again. And I'd walk in and I'd take all the leather off, shove it under the seat and start meditating. Uh-huh. And when I was done, but I always started every Sunday morning in service. And then I would ride all day. And, you know, so now lots of times I share that because he'll introduce me when we're speaking together and he'll always say, so did you ride your Harley today? I'm like, no, Rev, I'm standing here in a dress and heel. <laughs> not ride my Harley today. So he, my time there, you know, I it quickly, I knew the moment I walked in there that oh, I'm supposed to be here. And I know that this wonderful man has, is my teacher and has taught thousands of people. And I'm so grateful to him because he's the truest um, divine, I don't want to use the word example, but it's the only one coming up, of, of really catching someone in deep surrender to being of such high service to the universe mm-hmm. by being the place where spirit moves through him. And I'm honored that, you know, through our journey, I soon studied and became, got my license. It took four years of class to become a licensed practitioner. And since then have just been um, growing and growing. And lots of times we travel together, speak together. He's asked me to teach for him and be the lead teacher in Costa Rica at the Rhythmia Life Advancement Center because his teachings are there. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's one of my greatest blessings in life. And during those hard times, my growing edge, he's the one that, that he, that's his, you know, languaging is, Kimberly, you're on your growing edge right now. And when I've been in trying times, he'll look at me and say, you know, you've got to grow because to get who you are right now cannot get through what's before you. It's too big. And I loved when he'd say that, even if tears were in my eyes, he'd look at me and go, you need to grow now. <laughs> and, and what is your growing edge? Would be He'd ask me, what do you get to grow in to get from here to there? And that was such a beautiful question. Again, why I love questions so much, because it, there, there was an answer to it. And I needed to listen to that answer, whether with the fire, right after the fire, even in, you know, in my tears, and I, I asked myself that question, what must I grow in now? I never anticipated in one night, everything in my life would be gone physically. What must I grow in now? And I heard Spirit say to me, you get to really master flexibility and, re- mm. and, and receptivity. And I, and I questioned like, I'm really flexible. What do you mean? And <laughs> then, then after it, if the first year I moved six times, I didn't know where I was going, where clothes were coming from, food, anything. And I realized, but I did it with smoothness. Okay, okay, Spirit, where am I going now? Okay, now we're going here. Now we're going here. And, and can I get up to the property? Not for, no, for seven weeks, you can't get up there. Mm-hmm. And I can't even sift through things. So those elements, I, if I wasn't flexible, I would have been in a lot more pain than I was. Yes. So stability paid off and receptivity was, I learned a deeper level of really receiving because every, I had so much support from people saying, here, stay here. Here's, here's more clothes. Let me take you a shot. Let me go get this for you. And if I wasn't willing to say, thank you, thank you. In the midst of such a hard time, I would have, 
it would have been harder as well. So my growing edge was being receptive to receive and learning flexibility, being masterful in flexibility. Yes. And I think this is part of your story that I feel like is incredibly timely right now, because there are a lot of folks out there um, and the ripple effects are beginning to spread even further around um, losing a job, losing yes. a home, losing a family member. There's a lot of things that are shifting, changing, incredibly uncertain with not a lot of end in sight, I think, for right. some of it. You have lived through some of the most difficult challenges. Um, you uh, a twenty-year marriage, which sounded like it was an incredibly unhealthy marriage um, in many ways. You tried as hard as you could, but that doesn't sound like your person was willing to change. Um, so, end of a twenty-year marriage, you had your kids had a couple of really serious accidents uh, yes. where life was endangered. You, of course, uh, we just talked about losing everything in the twenty eighteen Malibu fires. So I feel like you can really speak to this um, for mm -hmm. people out there who don't know how to make it through or put one foot in front of the other. And one of the questions you ask in the book, and I'm going to use this now, of course, with credit to you, but this is a question that I think is worth asking over and over again as we face these challenges. You write, what gift within me is seeking mm -hmm. to emerge in this situation? Mm -hmm. So placing your attention on the emerging gift rather than the challenge at hand. And you will witness how the weight of the challenge begins to dissolve. Um, you know, what else do you want to say about that, particularly around where the circumstances we find ourselves in right now? Ah, yes, thank you. So when we, we must be gentle, I, that word is really important to me, mm -hmm. as we're feeling whatever we're feeling right now. So any, the, everything you pointed to that people are going through is so real. And our ability to be gentle with ourselves through it, to seek the emerging gift and to do it in a really gentle way of knowing this, this is happening. I lost someone or I lost my job. I don't know how I'm moving through it is to, you know, it's called a spiritual bypass. If we go around and go, oh, everything's going to be fine. Like we have to right. really know this hurts and simultaneously I'm interested in what that gift is that's emerging here. There was times that I was, you know, I was had tears in my eyes rushing to emergency rooms to find what it what was going on for my children. And I would still be, what's emerging here that I must be? What must I be when I walk into this hospital? Mm -hmm. Centered, grounded, firm. See, again, ask the question, we're going to get an answer. So if someone says right now, what is the emerging gift in me right now? I just lost my job then the ability, and this is where we must be gentle in practice, to really be kind to ourselves while we discover by listening and our spiritual practice, whether it's meditation, journaling, forgiveness work, to do our practice in the midst of the gift being emerged as it mm -hmm. comes through us. Because when we ask that kind of a question, it could be from a stranger that somebody says something, we go, oh my gosh, I must learn that. I must learn faith right now. I must learn flexibility. I must learn to be expansive in what I thought my gift. I thought I was supposed to work here for the rest of my life. But what if I'm open and receptive right now to see what other possibilities exist? Oh, my emerging gift is I must be open and receptive and not limited. Who knows? But if we don't ask the question, we stay stuck in the situation. So see that the opening of I'm, oh, I'm so interested in what's the emerging gift. Even that opens us up to a deeper level of listening and discernment within our soul. 
and you heard it come, I keep bringing it, it comes back to our practice in the midst of it. And those examples in the book, Sunny, were put there for the purpose to show I was choosing to practice in the midst of the pain. Yes. Yes. And, and, and we need it most. <laughs> absolutely. So right now, if someone say, say they practice prayer, then I would say then use, you know, that practice, amp that practice up. Is your prayer for to, to heal my heart as I release my beloved? Is your prayer to, to really listen to the inner guidance within me, to guide me to new possible possibilities for financial freedom, to, to find the perfect place to be of service to work that whatever or someone else's is I need to be in nature because then I'm centered then get to nature even if you could only go out in a little plot of ground right now somewhere to ground your energy there's always something we can participate in in self-care that will assist us to keep the space open to catch the answer when it comes yes and I will just read another quote here that I think is so one of the ones that I put in my little quote list at the end of reading your book um, and I think speaks to this so beautifully that our vision is limited by where we are standing at any given moment. To trust the process of transformation, we must be willing to allow the vision of spirit to guide us when we cannot see past where we are. Yes. And a lot of us cannot see past where we are right now. <laughs> so the vision of spirit is so vitally important. And as you yes. say, practice is where we connect with that vision. Is there any other way that you recommend that folks connect with the vision of spirit? Their practice, most definitely, and to really find within them, what is it I lean into? Where do I get centered? When I say to someone, what helps you stay centered in a, in a full world? Some, and I do have clients who they have to be in the ocean. They're surfers. Hmm. That helps them stay centered. And, and that's a place for them to meditate, to, be, to listen. So for me, I, I do need to run in these mountains. And if I'm feeling like full and something's, I'm not... I'm not staying clear. I get to the mountains. I get to nature. Mm -hmm. So some people, it could be prayer, meditation, intention work, visioning work, music. Some people find that divine center in music, but the, to ask and seek, where in me do I feel the most centered in my life? Because when I'm centered and open, my channels open for divine guidance, I will listen and catch it. So yes. it isn't always just for some, oh, you have to prayer journal that's some people's path and others is to really seek where is that what what is it some people it's being with animals you know they have to touch the the animal kingdom and know oh i'm okay here so right there amp up your practice to every okay right here i trust this precious animal i'm holding and knowing that right here i'm centered i'm clear so i get to be still for a few minutes and ask what is what's my highest good to be revealed here show me that I'm more interested in that than staying stuck, stuck in this situation. Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Kim, I'm looking at my list of questions. I'm looking at how much time we have left. And I'm just wondering, you know, I, I have an idea of where we can go and some questions to ask, but I, let me just turn it to you. Is there anything we haven't covered yet that you want to give some attention to before I just launch into what's next in my outline? <laughs> I think you're doing so great, Sunny. I'm loving all your questions. I, there's only one thing that, and, because I'm always listening to spirit while I'm listening to you. Yeah. And I'm just catching that the, the thing that just rises up is the importance right now of being tender with ourselves is that this is a difficult time. There's no mistake about that. It is a time that's transformative in humanity. And if we can 
really be tender with ourselves to know that there's something within us that can move through it. Absolutely. I'm really clear about that. It's our ability to be tender and listen to that inner strength within. I believe we all came here. It's in our DNA, like, you know, yeah. to move through things. And it's understandable when fear rises up, we must breathe through it, exhale the fear and come back to, okay, let me be gentle with myself and, and be interested in my path of healing because it's all different for all of us, but we get to heal and come back out into the world more conscious. We must stay awake and be conscious at this time in human history. Yes. And you know, I think this is a beautiful segue into something we talked about over the break that I think is important to mention. This is in one of the final chapters of the book, just a couple more practices that you recommend. Um, and I, there, there were three that you mentioned, um, and I think our audience is, is very familiar with gratitude. I think with, we have a very large spiritual audience here. And so mm -hmm. I imagine that many of them are in the practice of gratitude, whether through a journal or some type of gratitude practice. And mm -hmm. then you also mentioned celebrations, which are amazing. But the one mm -hmm. that I want to, if you don't mind, give a little attention to is acknowledgements, because I feel yeah. like right now where sometimes the most that we can do is just get up mm -hmm. and do our practice and rest. And there's not a whole lot else. Like sometimes when things are really falling apart, but we have to give ourselves that acknowledgement for keeping the human going, so to speak. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. What are acknowledgements and why might those be particularly helpful right now? Thank you. I, I love acknowledgements. I'm this came to me years ago, and when I started to do them myself, things shifted dramatically in my life. And when I assist clients too, I watch their lives shift dramatically. So in life, yes, we write gratitudes regularly in most spiritual practices, which is beautiful. If we simultaneously write like our gratitudes, but it's called you know an acknowledgement list. Today, I acknowledge myself for and I ask people to write at least five things a day that they acknowledge themselves for. Now, an acknowledgement is different than a gratitude in this way. Gratitude is things we see in the world. It's happening in our lives. And we, we're so happy. It's sunny today. It's beautiful outside. I live in the mountains. I'm grateful for these things. I'm grateful for your invitation to be on your, this show today. Now, an acknowledgement must come through us. It's by something we activate. It's not outside of us. It's something that we absolutely bring forth through our own choices. And when children are little, we acknowledge them all the time. We tell people, oh my goodness, you're doing great doing that. I love how you just did that drawing or your ABCs. We, when we become adults, the chatter in our head gets more um, judgmental at times or harsh for some than the kindness and acknowledgement is that kind voice that says you did that really well today and i know it's hard but you did it really well so an acknowledgement would be if say and on top of the list just said i acknowledge myself that i got up this morning and did my practice instead yes. of maybe someone only did half of their practice but at least they did some yes. i acknowledge myself that i reached out to a loved one today and said hello I acknowledge myself that I fed myself nutritious, a nutritious meal today. Whatever it could be that you participate in, that you're beginning to see yourself rightly. That's, that's the intention is twofold. One, to see yourself rightly starts to neutralize the negative chatter. 
because again, back to wherever your attention is, yours meaning ours attention is, then what, then the energy flows there. If our attention is on being gentle with ourselves and where we can see, whoa, I am kinder today in that conversation than I thought I was going to be. We just assisted ourselves to be more loving and also to receive more good from the universe, the miraculous, because we're accepting it. And this part's a little tricky. And I, I really, it's so important. It's hard for us to receive from others yeah. if we're not gifting things to ourselves. The acknowledgement list is a gift to ourselves. I've said to someone before, it's like every acknowledgement is, is, a, is a deposit of self-love in our self-care account. Because when we could acknowledge anything we've done that's an act of self-love, we're able then to receive more when someone says to us, hey, I've got this job opportunity over here. I know it's a little out of your usual realm, but you want to try. We'd be said, yes, because we've been writing acknowledgements to know we're worthy. Yes. Every acknowledgement is an act of self-love. It's so important. Yeah, I, I really, this is the first time I have ever heard anyone talk about that. And I have a, a strong element in my work. Um, we do, a, there's a big component of the self-love practice. Mm -hmm. And this is something, again, with credit to you that I am going to incorporate um, and mm. of course, direct people to this book for that very reason. Thank you. Thank you. I, there's a class I taught at Agape and um, years ago, and I asked everyone to start doing this and a minister came back she was in the class she came back the next week and she looked at me she said nobody's ever asked me to do this she said and i just noticed that my negative chatter was cut in half yeah and, and i said then right there how beautiful is that and if, if you do it right before bed it changes your sleep you wake up differently and it could simply sometimes sunny my acknowledgement could be i took a breath before I had a conversation with my children or I, I, it could be that because yes. it, it means I was less reactive. I don't want to be reactive with my children. You know, yeah. it could be, so it's that when people say it's that subtle, yes, it doesn't have to be, I got a big job today. It could be, wow, I was so gentle in this conversation with someone and, or when I was upset with them, I didn't react. I, I took a breath and responded, was still clear, but I sure handled it better than I used to. That's yes. acknowledgement. Oh, and so uh, this is the perfect place, I think, to bring us to a close. <laughs> this conversation has gone so fast for me, Kim, but um, I just really appreciate you being here. Thank you, Sunny. I'm honored. Yes. So I have been speaking with Kim Stanwood Terranova. She is the author of the book, The Technology of Intention. And I really recommend, um, we didn't even get into some of her, there's some very um, simple yet brilliant guidance on crafting intentions in such a way that it accesses your power, but leaves a lot of wiggle room for the universe to bring in amazing things. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you, Benny, for running the board. And uh, I'm your host, Sunny Joy, signing off. See you all next week.